underperforming employees don't sit around and ponder the fact that they're terrible at their job. They think they work at a terrible job. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Welcome to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. Today, a familiar voice reads us in on the state of employee engagement in North America, where 33% of employees are actually engaged in their work. Let's listen in as Mike Neal does a deep dive in Gallup's recent survey results on the state of employee engagement. Mike, take it away. Where we're at right now is only 33% of the employees in North America, uh, that would be United States and Canada, only 33% of the employees in North America are engaged in their work, meaning only 33% of employees uh, care about their work. Well, (laughs) I'm no math whiz, but that means 67% of employees don't care about their work. Now, this doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't mean they're going in and they're trying to mess things up necessarily. But what it means is they are not investing their emotional and intellectual commitment. They don't care enough to produce behaviors that lead to high performance. In other words, work is something I do to afford the things I care about. It's not one of the things I particularly care about. It's just a job. Now, think about how different that thinking is compared to you and I. In fact, many of you, you you've been promoted many times, teller to MSR, to loan processor, to loan officer, to branch manager, to whatever. Why? Because you deeply care about work and how you're viewed at work matters to you. Being knowledgeable and being a strong team member matters to you and for most people, that is not the case. They get in their car and they don't think about it again until they have to go back the next day. Now, if you're thinking, well, you know what? It's these dang young people. That's the problem. You know, in my generation, right? Well, let's take a look. There is virtually no difference. And when I use the term virtually here, it, it is means the exact word. There is no difference in the disengagement or engagement percentages by age, 33% and 33%. Gender, not really much difference. And so where does that leave us? That leaves us with the idea that if we want to build a strong work culture, if we want to have a great member experience, it's going to be difficult to do it with people that simply don't care about work, that it doesn't matter to them. Now, I want you to understand one of the primary drivers 
of engagement is that people feel that what they're engaged in is meaningful and relevant. Let me give an example. Why would somebody get up at 5.30 in the morning and drive three and a half hours to sit out in the cold in a parking lot eating a hot dog playing uh, dumb games with uh, people that they really don't know that well, would never hang out with otherwise, to go sit for another three and a half hours in a stadium to freeze their butt off in a game that they their team may win or lose. So they can get stuck in a parking lot to drive home three and a half hours uh, to get there at midnight. And on top of that, they probably plop down $1,000 between tickets, etc. Well, the reason is they are highly engaged in being a fan of you fill in the blank. Why will people go build a Habitat for Humanity house on a Saturday that won't show up to work on time for their paid job on Monday? Because that work with Habitat for Humanity provides meaning and relevance. So what's missing in the workplace really is this connection of why what I do matters. It's important. I'm doing important work. Well, it would be hard to convince a teller they're doing important work when they can look at an ATM, you know, uh, 25 yards away from them, that's doing the same thing. What will create meaning and relevance for that teller is we must talk with them about what they do to improve the financial well-being of others. The one thing a person can do that a machine can't do is care, (laughs) right? A machine can almost do everything else better and faster, but a machine can't care. Now, AI can give give us the illusion that it cares by choosing the right words, but it doesn't care. It is a machine. It does not have feelings. And so, ultimately, what we have to do is engage our employees around the idea that what they're doing is making a difference in the lives of others. Now, here's the good news. We tend to hire people into the credit union space that one of the drivers they have is helping others. In fact, we found that through our Research attributes and skills common among high-performing credit union employees. That the typical credit union employee is team-oriented, empathetic, and is service-oriented. And so they're not task-oriented. They're not, how many widgets can I produce people? They're also not particularly competitive, our research shows. And so what they do is they find meaning and relevance by being important to other people. That's why they say things like my member. (laughs) And so, but unfortunately what we do is we don't connect people with work. We ask the teller, are you in balance? How many transactions did you run? 
right? Even if we talk about how they can make a positive impact on the member's financial well-being, we don't say, hey, tell me how you lived out your mission with your members this week. You say, hey, did you meet your cross-sell goal? <laughs> and so we've got to learn to create a work environment that facilitates people connecting with meaning and relevance through service and serving others. And one that really gets back to what is the purpose behind what we do rather than just the task itself. Engagement seems low. Do you think it's quiet quitting, Mike? I hear that a lot at Credit Eans. Um, quiet quitting uh, for old people like me, we might, we might say, well, it's just it's, it's lazy people. They're just lazy. Um, that's not necessarily the case. There's four elements for engaging employees under 35. And guess what? These are also the four elements for engaging employees over 35. <laughs> if you want to know the truth of the matter, this is four elements for engaging employees. But look at these four things and see how incredibly simple they are. Number one, having opportunities to work at work to learn and grow. So how will we do this? By sitting down and asking employees, what do you want to learn? How do you want to grow in your work? What's the next job you want to hold here? And then, if they're meeting expectations in their current role, investing in them to grow and learn in their skills and in their uh, abilities. Next, having someone at work who encourages their development. Having friends at work, right? Um, uh, now, having someone at work who encourages their development. The second one feeds off of the first one in that if you meet with your staff every quarter, one-on-one, -on -one, then, hey, tell me what you're learning as you're reading this book. Hey, tell me what you're learning as you're... Um, learning how to uh, do a loan application. So you become invested and encourage their development. And then next, feeling like someone at work cares about them as a person. And so the idea that they have people at work that they know and trust and people that care about them. Now, you as a leader can do that, right? By caring about them as individuals. And by the way, you may have heard me say this before. If not, you'll hear it many times from me. I don't follow people I don't trust. And I don't trust people I don't know. And so we have to get engaged with our employees as people, understanding them as people, their strengths, their weaknesses, what makes them happy, um, what makes them sad, and being somewhat transparent ourselves around those things and sharing them with our staff. 
but facilitating opportunities for employees to get to know each other on a human level is very, very important. And then next, knowing what is expected of them at work. Well, that's just merely setting expectations, not just on outcomes, but also behaviors. We always set expectations for employees on their outcomes, how many loans they have to do, uh, how many calls they have to take, what the abandon rate can be, how many cross-sales they have to do in a month. Everybody, we set goals, we set expectations actually for everything that we actually care about as leaders. Hmm, why do we not set behavioral goals then, Mike Neal? Well, it might be because we don't really care about behaviors as much as we do outcomes. Well, what defines a corporate culture? Behaviors. Hmm. What defines high-performing credit unions? Outcomes. What creates high-performing outcomes? Effective behaviors. (laughs) We have got to learn to set behavioral expectations with our staff. How we expect them to conduct themselves at work, conduct themselves in serving each other, conduct themselves in serving their members. And really, they're just behaviors that we lay out that are reflective of what it would look like to live out our core values. Now, we'll talk more about that going forward, but employees have to know what's expected of them. And if they don't, well, then guess what? It leads them to always make mistakes because they're going to do things they didn't know that they were. They're not going to do the things they're, we believe they should be doing. And then they won't do the things we haven't told them to do. Duh. And so, ultimately, this leads to us catching them doing it wrong repeatedly. Well, don't do that. Oh, I don't like it when you do that. Please don't say that. This is the way you need to conduct yourself. Well, what if we told them all these things up front and then we could catch them doing those things right now that they know they're supposed to do it? Behaviors change outcomes. Change a behavior, change an outcome. This is Scott Albrecht from the Credit Ian Leadership Podcast. Stay tuned to the next episode of the Credit Ian Leadership Podcast. We'll see you then.